Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the 23rd Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, Teach Better teammate, the COO and co-founder of Teach Better, someone I haven't seen in a long time because we haven't recorded this Aspire Mailbag, Jeff Cargis. Hey, but we just didn't we just see each other the other day at a, a team meeting though? Oh yeah, like, we like we've seen each other. We've seen each other, but like the record But not in this space. We haven't recorded one of these for a while. Yes. 22 was a while ago. You know, cuz we've had a couple like team things, right? You guys celebrated me too. So that was kind of fun. But that was like six people online live video. What did we what did we celebrate? Oh, your book. That's right. My book, man. It came out. Congrats on the book again. Yeah, we did some. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, yeah, that you guys fun. you guys did it right too. I was so honored uh did a video montage with the whole team. Some people that, that have never been on video before got on to say congratulations and I love the Teach Better team so much and I just thank you for that celebration. You make me tear up over here, buddy. Let's go. You this did is... tear up a little bit when my wife came on. <laughs> Oh, your wife came out. She nailed it. Like I described it as we put her on the spot and you would have thought she rehearsed it for a while because she what she delivered was so was such a good couple minutes of her thoughts behind you and the effort and everything that went in that book. Um, it was it was perfect, which was a lot of fun. So her first time ever jumping on video with us, which yeah. was really cool. And it wasn't planned. That was it just wasn't. we saw your eye like look off and catch her and you mentioned we brought her in and it was it was awesome so yeah leslie's amazing and so i was yes I was super excited that she one came in the office because i know she didn't want to but i kind of waited for her to come in and then she had no clue she was gonna get on camera and so yeah she was brilliant but she killed it so thank you for that and i'm super excited about today and recording with you because we haven't done the inspiral mad back for a little while and i'm gonna have a little bit of different form i got i was telling you before we push record but i actually have audio of everybody who asked a question today from our Voxer group. So um, I'm going to have the actual person asking the question today, which is a little bit different than what we've done before. I love it. That's super cool. That's, that's going to be fun. For those who may not have listened before, maybe this is your first time, make sure you go back to the first episode. I always preface that because me and Gargas kind of built this from the ground up. It's kind of morphed into this amazing thing where educational leaders are able to ask questions to us and we do that through Twitter, Instagram. This week we did it purely through Voxers so we could get those audio recordings. And in past episodes, we've answered anywhere between three and five leadership questions. And tonight we've got three questions that we're pretty excited about. And just to also preface, this is three questions that people are really dealing with some serious things right now yeah, yeah. in our country and, and with the educational system, with everyone coming back. So I think these questions are extremely fitting. So if you're ready, buddy, we can just jump into the first question. I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. So the first one is audio from Bobby French. So let's go to Bobby's question. One question I would have is, you know, our teachers are still under a lot of stress, a lot of stress around, you know, COVID, try to tell them to take their own self-care, stress over filling in learning gaps, catching kids up academically. But at the same time, we really know what kids need right now is a sense of belonging and relationships. And so how do we get teachers to kind of make a mindset shift in the urgency of that? Even though, like for us, we're what, I don't know, like six weeks in, 
and having teachers understand that even though the academics is important, you're not going to get there if you can't take care of the mental health of our students. So I, I'm really curious about how other people are handling that with their, with their staff and at their schools, or if I'm the only one that seems to have that issue these days. All right, Jeff, what do you think about Bobby's question? So, yes, I think that's a, that's a, a very common thing that's happening I think right now because we, you know, the, the word learning gap and, and sliding back or whatever we want to call it. And, and this focus on the fact that you know, kids, uh, some kids haven't experienced a quote unquote normal year yet. They don't, you know, that all these types of things, whatever, however you want to phrase that mm-hmm. we are so worried about like what they lost. And I think the, the, the shift is that kids aren't behind. They're just where they're at. And you got to meet them where they're at. And I think that's, that's the focus to, to Bobby's particular point of how to get them to really focus on the relationships and not as much on these perceived notions of being behind, I think is, is a, actually an issue in a of mindset shift that's been around far before the pandemic, which is how do we shift on focus on the relationships we're building and creating young adults and growing people to be the right, you know, the right kind of people that are, excited about learning, wanting to grow, wanting to find their passion, and then therefore becoming contributing uh, members of society versus focusing on the test scores and teaching to the test, all that type of stuff. So I think it's a similar thing, just heightened now with pandemic. And and my first, my my gut reaction as well as an administrator and as leaders in your buildings or your district, are you focused on that? Because if they're focused on and they're struggling and your teachers are too hyper-focused on learning gaps or whatever, you know, what insert all those other words and not enough on relationships that's coming from somewhere. Now that could be coming from the media outside sources, all that type of stuff. But if they're not feeling the power of building those relationships, they're not hearing that enough. And if that's where you want them to focus, if that's where you feel is going to do the most good in your school for your students, then you need to shift that and make sure that that is the narrative that they are hearing from you that, you are not going to drill down on them about the testing and in the curriculum and the gaps and the getting kids back where whatever, where they quote unquote should be and that you are what you are more important, more aware about it, where um, worried about is, are you focusing on your kids? Are you getting them where they need to be? Are you supporting them emotionally? Are you focusing on that SEL work? Are you doing on that first? So I think it's, it's, it's a bit of leading from the front. Right. And then I think a big piece of, very, very clear, honest communication yep. and, and keeping them on there. Now, some teachers are going to pick it up quicker and get there quicker. Some, you're going to have to really pound it into them because they might, that's just might be the way their mind goes. And, and I know Josh, they, they can't see you, but you were smiling when I was saying that because I know you've experienced that. So is that a challenge that a shift that you are trying to have your teachers make? Are you feeling that that's an issue or is that, is it imbalanced? Like, how's that feeling in your district? So I feel much better this year, but this is my fourth year on the campus. So, you know, when you have an initiative, I think the misperception, especially for young leaders, is that things are going to catch on quick and then it's just going to be a part of your campus culture within a couple of weeks or a month. And what folks don't realize is that there's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of professional development. There's a lot of, like you said, so for instance, like relationships are really important on our campus. So as an administrator, I have to model those techniques, right? And sometimes it's a trick of, we're gonna do this activity real quick on the start of our staff meeting, and then they go through it, and then I say, well, guess what? How long did that take? Two minutes. 
while this is an activity that you can actually use in the classroom to build relationships with your students and your students build relationships with each other you know make those connections and they're communicating and you can break down the future ready skills that these students are actually participating in and then and they don't even know it right so this is as an admin modeling that to the to our teachers so that they can then take that tool and implement it in their own classroom so yeah. you know things like that it's it, it takes years and years of bringing people in to speak on it and and you know the district have their own initiatives of like providing matrices and procedures and things like that that you know you can then provide to the the staff so for instance i started implementing this three years ago and this year the district's really getting behind it and now mm -hmm. i have even more weight behind me because it's yes i've been saying this for a while this is important but now i'm also being backed by my district so that's just feels like it's even more reinforcement um, and more material to provide to the teachers than ever before yeah. And it really kind of hammers home the idea that like, this is important. This isn't going away. And in addition to the pandemic, we're not only seeing, you know, the potential of students being behind academically, but they're behind socially. I mean, you're hearing it too, Jeff, because you speak mm -hmm. to educators every single day, but the students are having a tough time adjusting back to being in a building and being focused for hours on end and being on in front of a teacher and socializing with other people and the trauma that they've experienced in their own lives and like how that's affecting them mentally. And there's just a lot of challenges right now. So I think it's really important. Obviously, you know how, how I feel. I'm very, very passionate about relationship building and breaking down the misperceptions of how much time it's going to take and the importance of how it's going to affect the student long term. Yeah, and I think it's such a great point there, Josh, about the, about the time and patience, because when you think about, and Bobby, I don't know where you're at or what, where you're at in the process, but you're thinking about, we're focused on that now. Well, you know, Josh, to your point, this is the, the idea of shifting our focus to focus more heavily on relationships you've been working on for four years, which means you were doing that before the pandemic, yep. and you're still not quite where you're at, right? So if your district or your building was not already in that process, you're just starting it now when a lot of places have this heightened focus on we have to focus on the curriculum because we didn't do that last year right yeah. as much because we you know and so now you're fighting a, a different there's there's an additional battle there Definitely. um but to your your point uh, as well about the fact that yes academically they may be behind quote unquote where they're supposed to be but they're also potentially behind or struggling i think is i think less less behind and more struggling with the trauma with the the new if this is a now another new normal this is you know the, the maybe they didn't haven't seen any interacting with other kids for quite a while right right there's all these tra this trauma this new social piece that they get to um that makes the the focus on relationships even more important now yep. than it was possibly four years ago when you were first trying to get to that so i think that all wraps into a, a really good thing so so to kind of recap there's like like it's, you got to lead from the front you have to push it and be patient because it's probably not going to look what you were hoping for this year. Yeah. But if you could start building this year, which is another really, really difficult year mm -hmm. and you can make some progress this year, you should then be able to get and go on. Cause that's, that's a focus that never ends. That's not an initiative that's ever going to be like, Hey, we're good. Check it off. Right. Nope. That That's always going to be a thing. It's always going to be a struggle. A lot of times teachers think, Oh, this is just another initiative. It's going to go away. And like what I tell all of my staff is like, this is something that's going to happen 
from here on out. And, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier, right? You, you mentioned culture, like this yep. focusing and shifting your mindset to, to the importance of relationships is not a initiative. Right. It shouldn't be an initiative. It should be a culture shift exactly. or a cultural, a staple or uh, whatever you want to call that, right? Yep. Your value, right? Because um, it's not initiative that's going to come and go and, and you don't want it to be that way. So, yep. so lead from the front model it and be patient definitely yeah good question awesome question and very uh very timely and i think this one is too and this is this is from chris Leglader. and i'm going to play his audio right now with the second question one thing that i would really like to get insights from others on is leadership is all about influence right and so how do leaders lead when during this school year especially we are being asked to serve kitchen, you know, lunch to kids because we're short staff, cover classrooms because we're short subs, stay be an hour late with the buses because buses are, are short drivers and we're staying late for late buses. Can't get in the classrooms. So how can we lead effectively and help teachers get the feedback they deserve when we can't even get into the classrooms? All right, so Chris has a really important question, and this is something that, again, I think is very timely because mm. a lot of people throughout the country has seen a shortage in many areas of schools, and it kind of reminds me of the conversation we had in the admin mastermind a little while back about shortages and kind of what admin were doing in, in those particular settings. But Jeff, what what is your first thought with what Chris is asking? You know, I think the first thought is, and I know we use this a lot, you know, at the start of COVID through last year and stuff, but obviously a lot of grace because these shortages are leading to so much additional work, additional stress, additional everything on the staff that you do have, the the help that you do have. And so that, that grace also needs to extend to yourself as well, because you're probably doing more. You're probably yeah. jumping into positions that you don't typically do. You mentioned we, we did we've had this conversation quite a bit in our administrator masterminds that we have because like you said this is not Chris you're not you're not the only one man you are like it it is the majority we hearing it, are hearing it all over the country and in every school every size you can imagine of school districts um and it is a it's a serious struggle right now it some of the things that we that we heard that some of our leaders that were under a group are doing is is reaching out to and thinking outside the box of folks in the community who might be able to come in and help from your you know city servants that are there that are there to be involved to even businesses that want to take an opportunity to give back or look at it as an, an opportunity to essentially advertise themselves as supporting and stuff like that like you can work things out um where they can come in and help obviously taking all the precautions that you need to take with background checks and things of that nature but um there's opportunities there communicating um, and really reaching out and talking with your community more and the parents and alumni and all these different things. And, and none, nothing's a surefire, right? It might not work, but those are some of the things that we have seen. And then a lot of it, un unfortunately, some of it comes down to getting really, really creative with the way you arrange schedules and stuff. And I know, Josh, I know you guys dealt with, uh, and are probably still dealing with shortages primarily in your cafeteria yes. workers, if, I, if I'm correct, right? Yes. How, what, are, what are some of the things that you have done to lessen that? I don't think you've solved it, but lessen the burden a little bit for yeah, your staff. For sure. So, yeah, we, we are short in the cafeteria, so we've had to bring additional staff down. We've also reached out to the community, and 
honestly, we've had a wonderful response from our parents, especially our dad's program. That's actually been built up this year more so than ever before. And I think it's one of those things where a lot of parents want to serve. They just don't know how to, like they don't know Mm. what role they can provide. And so when we talked about, Hey, we would love for you to be able to help out between 1130 and 130 in the cafeteria. And that was the only time slot that we asked for. A lot of people are like, Oh, well, that's my lunchtime at work anyway. So I can just, you know, volunteer during that time. So, you know, we have more bodies now just for supervision purposes, which allows some of our staff to then go in and help out with cafeteria and, you know, get kids through the lines quicker because, you know, when you're serving 350 kids, you know, in 30 minutes, you really do need the bodies and the staff to get everyone through to get them back to class. Mm-hmm. And so we were struggling for a couple of weeks there and slowly we've been kind of working with the logistics of things and trying to find our resources to kind of fill in that those different roles that we were lacking before. So that's what we've done in that particular situation. And I know like substitutes is a big thing. You know, we've been relying on, mm-hmm. you know, our, our own staff in those situations to fill in or a counselor or an admin to go in and, and fill slots uh, for that. But I know that's different parts of the country. It's getting hit harder in, in different roles. Yeah. So it's hard, you know, especially like busing and whatnot. I know you were talking about Pittsburgh at one point, you know, having a, a bus shortage and, and yeah, drivers. So, yeah. you know, I think that's just the logistical piece is really the nightmare, you know, for any leader. And just like you said, having to be creative and, and try things that you've probably never done before and being yeah. being okay with like throwing just insane ideas on the table and, and really brainstorming like is this even possible yeah i think you know you mentioned that parents so many parents want to serve want to help support but they don't really know how they don't think they're qualified they don't whatever yeah. that i i want to i'm going to mention again like local businesses like businesses who who thrive on the community in a sense of like businesses who sell to the local community yep. versus like, you know, international, or whatever, but they, they want to be involved. And it's, it, it's both from a, they want to give back to the community that's helped them build a business. And also from a, a promotional, a, yeah, yeah the they want to shake hands. Mm-hmm. Like, look, if I, if I run a business where I'm selling the people, in, I don't know what it is, if I'm a bakery or a restaurant, or whatever, and I've got 350 kids that are seeing me every day. And now when they see me out in public, they know me. And they're like, oh, Mr. Gargis, you know, it's great. And I'm joking with them. Now the parents are going to like me more, right? Now they're more likely to come to my restaurant. They're like, so little things like that, you can look for that opportunity. Um, and, I, and I'm and i going to say, throw another idea, just random idea here, Chris, is just be very clear. I don't know all the rules and regulations, so this may not. But like, you know, I, my mind started going to like, okay, fast food workers, restaurant workers, okay college age kids yep. college kids who don't need massive paychecks right because they don't not always like a lot of times they don't need as big a paychecks because they're working part-time they maybe don't have quite as many responsibilities as an adult they might be able to come in they can still get background checks they they might have a little more availability based on their depending on how their class schedule is set up or whatever like this might be a great spot where they can come help a couple of days a week yep. particularly in positions that's not going to help subs obviously but like the cafeteria workers helping with bus lines and departure and arrivals and stuff like that. So like, it's again, Josh, you hit is like, don't be afraid to throw seemingly crazy ideas out. You might scrap 50 of them, but that 51st idea might be a thing that helps ease your the burden just a little bit. So it's, and, and I think going back just Chris grace, like understanding you're not alone. The administrators are dealing with this all over right now. And it's not going to be solved quickly, unfortunately, I don't think. 
This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. You ready for question number three? Let's do it. So this is from our good friend, Alex Valencic. Alex has a question. I'm going to play this real quick, and then we're going to get to his awesome question on focusing on PD. How do you effectively communicate to teachers, administrators, staff that in that an institute day that is set aside as a professional development or professional learning day is used specifically for professional learning and not working in classrooms and planning which are important duties, but not the things that teachers should be doing during professional learning. This is really timely too, because I know a lot of districts are doing staff professional development right now, typically in October. This is kind of a time for, for folks to plan and kind of get things arranged. But you know, what do you do for those professional development days to say, no, this is actually for you to grow versus just you trying to get your checklist taken care of. So I'm going to say this knowing that this is way easier said than done and not always possible. But my gut reaction is give them more time to plan and get in their classrooms. Now, I also am aware that a lot of times when you give, there's always something like teachers always have something they could be doing in their classroom, right? So if you give them an hour, they, they probably want two. They probably could, and they could clearly use two. So you can only do so much. <laughs> and, then, and so, so my thing is like, but if you're, if you're struggling with, we're putting on great PD and I know Alex does a really great job and his team there of getting good PD in their, their, in their schools. And I am not saying that just because he's had us there just in general, they do put a lot of thought into it, a lot of time in it. They really plan it out. Um, I know just recently they had, and they had like, a ridiculous number of like sessions and opportunities for the teachers. If, if you're doing all that work and your teachers are still saying, well, I don't want to go. I just want to go in my classroom, whatever it is. They, that is them saying like, Hey, either one, I'm not finding any value in the things that you're bringing me or more likely it's two. I'm not drawn to that because I'm really struggling in my classroom and I'm, I'm not, my, my room is not where it's at. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting over here and I need this. So it, uh, it's looking at, okay, are we bringing in what they really want? Are we focusing in um, and, and giving them what they want in the, from the PD side? And two, are we giving them enough time over here right. where they can get in their classrooms, they can get that done so that when we give them all these awesome opportunities to learn and grow, they don't feel like it's a tug of war, right? Yep. Um, so I think that communication, that feedback, that letting them into the conversation and help lead that is a, is a piece of that. Um, obviously there's a communication piece of like, Hey, this is for you to learn and grow. We've done a lot of work. You're here is important. That's a lot easier to say when you then can say, we need you to come here. This is, this isn't, you know, you're going to come learn and grow because we're setting these days aside for you to just get class time. Right. And again, all that's being said, you have to work within the boundaries of what you have and don't have as far as days. So like, I understand that that might not be as easy as I just made it sound, but I think for me, when, when your teachers are asking for something like that or trying to get out of something to go do that, it, they're, they're telling you, Hey, we need more of this and we want this, not that. Yeah. Um, and 
And if you can find that balance, you got to find that that balance. And again, logistically, it might not be possible, but that's I would look into that. Yep. Well, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the last question, which was being creative, right? I mean, yeah. You know, how how creative can you be to get that time back to your teachers? Is there something? And we've talked about this before on the on the mailbag. So of like, maybe there's a PD that you can scrap that's really not that important this year, and you can yeah. you know later in the year, or maybe maybe it's an initiative that you can do next year. But maybe there's a PD about how to more efficiently set up your classroom, or like or. Or not even that. And I don't say that in a sense of like, oh, they don't know how to set the classroom. That's not what I'm saying. Like, like if they're really worried and then what's on their mind is their classroom set up and whatever it might be, like, can you offer sessions that actually help them do that? So now they're like, oh, I'm in this session, but I'm doing things or I'm learning things that are going to help me with this thing that's been bothering me. So maybe it won't, maybe it won't be feel like it's such a, an overwhelm in my classroom because I was able to do that. So, so yeah, getting creative. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of opportunities there. I think that the key is just, they, they're trying to tell you something yeah, right? or they sure. maybe, or, or they might just be flat out telling you, right. So listen and, and, and adjust. Well, and so, I think getting that feedback is key about your staff, absolutely. Right? What, it, what their needs are, or maybe the PD, like you said, is, is not riveting. You know, we talk about it about students to teachers, right? Like is a student going to, go to your classroom if they didn't have to right what about a teacher would they would they come to your session of pd if they didn't have to you know is it something that is relevant is it engaging is it something where you're modeling and they can take away tomorrow immediately um, to bring into their classroom that they feel there's value there so you know alex does a great job so you know that that may not be the focus but for a lot of folks i've sat in plenty of pd after being done with it saying wow, that was a giant waste of time. I'm stressed <laughs> now because I could have been doing X, Y, and Z to get off my checklist. Yep. I, yep. I would like to get that time back and I can't. And, you know, so just being intentional with like, is this the PD that's needed? Or like you said, I loved, can we give time back so that they are able to plan, they get in their classroom, they can get those things done. And that yep. way we're, we're decreasing the stress because right now, as we know, all educators are extremely stressed Yes. on the verge of burnout so you know what can we do for our staff so that way they're they're getting the professional development needed but at the same time not getting them too stressed i think the key to the sentence you said is the professional development needed yep don't do pd just for pd sakes very so, true all right good man. question alex great question alex always comes with great he questions. does he's, he's always got good questions he's awesome last question for you what is going on with the teach better team Oh, geez. Well, actually, well, just the last night before we, we had an awesome bloggers community e- right. event. So if you're not familiar, we have a lot of people. I don't know how many. I think we're, we're at 120-ish or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing educators from all over the world who uh, contribute and write for teachbetter.com. Um, and Carrie and Livia, who have been leading that that community, have been doing uh, get-togethers and last night it was an incredible one uh, we had a great turnout uh and, and it was a blast so that was fun that's awesome. more of me just being excited and want to celebrate those two yeah uh we just had a, uh, a really great course come out just a few weeks ago um from ray which is all about taking a new idea assessing it and implementing it properly um and effectively into your classroom um another really good course coming up very soon this month i can't say the name but it's a it's going to be a good one and very timely around conferences and stuff so i'll leave that there like student like parent teacher conferences yes um i think really exciting coming up in a couple weeks um 
at the end of this month, we will be sharing quite a few details um, about the 2022 Teach Better Conference. So that is coming at the end of this month. Yeah, um, it is. And, and I know you're pumped, Josh, because Josh, you're 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 behind the scenes right now, so you know <laughs> so much about what's going on. And actually, in a couple of weeks before, just before that, you're coming out to Ohio. I am. So we can rock out a whole bunch of the planning, and it will be released. That so that's getting really exciting because that means, like, at the, by by the time we get into November, like it's game time. Like things will be happening for the conference. So we're going to be releasing a lot of info about the conference. I don't, I can't say much more than that Not right much. now. But uh, it, we're excited about that. So that's going to become a, a big thing that we're obviously focused on for for a while, looking at into next year and stuff uh, with the conference. So I'm it's getting it's, real. It's exciting. It's it's, real, it's a lot of work. It's crazy, but it, I am pumped. So. <laughs> yes. If you can't tell, we are extremely excited about this. So yes. can't wait for the announcements. We won't share any details right now, but just know 2022 just just circled the entire year. Just the whole year. Just block the whole year. <laughs> awesome. So. Very excited about those announcements, and obviously I'm extremely excited to have this time with you, Jeff. Always a pleasure, and I just thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on these three awesome leadership questions. Appreciate you, brother.